Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Sabres Live is presented by Seneca Resorts and Casinos. Nothing else comes close. Welcome in and congratulations and thank you to one and all who uh, really made yesterday and quite frankly the previous 36 hours uh, extra special as we celebrated 716 day in Buffalo and culminated the fundraising efforts under Give 716 this morning. Marty Baran with a grand total of more than $1.1 million, which of yes. course brings the three year total to in and around three and a half million dollars, which is just, um, it's heartwarming to say the least. So a great way to start on a Tuesday. And we got to a million last night, like yes. in the evening. And I said, I want to see a million seven figures before the end of the day. And I think that the Sabres Power Hour and then the Bills Mini Helmet, they really, really kick-started a big rush of uh, between five and eight, pretty much, where it was a lot of donations. So um, I figured, and this is a very, very basic uh, mathematics calculation in my head over a million dollars 1.1 million dollars and there was 539 charities so that is over two thousand dollars per charities out well that's not how it works though so don't how it works and i know that's not how it works but i'm just saying like in a general sense in a very basic (laughs) math like that's a lot of money to a lot of charities yes and that is what we have to to take out of this is that there's it's a big money amount of money a million plus but it's going to help a ton of people and a ton of non-for-profits and charities in the area and that is why it's so great well and as we tried to stress yesterday um it's also quite frankly about awareness for these charities so whenever um you know and Often it is a very small group of people that works with these organizations and most often on a volunteer basis. Um, It means a little bit more to be able to align yourself with large visible organizations in the community like the Sabres and the Bills. So this opportunity has now become an annual event and our opportunity to meet many of these organizations and get to know more about them was absolutely fantastic. So congrats. And again, most importantly, thank you to everyone who uh, contributed to give 716 this year and our team behind the scenes. It was, uh, it's quite an effort that goes in to make sure, as you can imagine from an IT side of things, uh, (laughs) these are, these are nervous times when you get up and running and the the clock starts going at 716 PM. Um, But yeah, it was was awesome. And guess what? We have more balloons on this day because, Oh, Happy birthday, Victor Olofsson. Yes, he is 28 years old today, and he is coming off a career-high 28-goal season. Yeah. So if that's not a little symmetry, uh, I don't know what is. And I thought because of the birthday and because of us sitting here on July the 18th and because of the constant 
evaluation and reevaluation of the roster that we engage in every day on Sabres Live. Um, how about we best we put our best Olafson foot forward here today for you yes. to try to paint all sides of this Olafson equation. Um, the fact of the matter is, Marty, he's still a goal scorer. He's still in his prime age-wise. He's got one year to go on a contract, which should always be a great thing as an incentive for a player to want more. And at the very least of it here, there is definitely opportunity based on what the roster looks like right now with Jack Quinn being absent at the start of the year. Yeah, and and the more and more uh, we we and I say you've done a lot of research, obviously on that topic, and I was bi- I was crunching numbers all morning trying to come. And the more and more I looked at it, the more and more I was encouraged. I was like, wait a second, like he didn't have a bad year. Like if you compare his first four years in the NHL, full years, and you look at five on five, and you look at the underlying numbers, and uh, the 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 shot attempts from the slot, and the true shot percentage, and the expected goals, and the uh, actual to expected goals, and all of that, I'm like, he didn't have a bad year. Why 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 am I looking at Victor Olsen as the odd man out? Why am I looking at well, you know what? I don't see him part of the core the same way I see a Cousins, the same way I see a Quinn, a Paterka, obviously Thompson, Tuck, Skinner. And uh, so digging into the numbers really helped me maybe have a better understanding on who Victor Olofsson is, what he can provide, why I am actually now encouraged to uh, to see what Victor could do this this season, especially because of the Jack Quinn injury and the opportunity to play uh, a little bit higher up in the lineup with better line mates. So there's a lot there. Uh, there's still some question marks. And I think that is going to always be in uh, the mind of most fans that watch the games. But um, there was there was a lot of numbers that I said, wow, I did not expect this. And I was very happy and impressed by it. So what's interesting is we posed the question today, what role does Victor Olofsson have with the Sabres this season? So hit us up at Sabres Live. Questions like this often prompt a knee-jerk reaction, especially without the foreshadowing that you just put out there as far as the the, the good things that we're about to talk about here with Victor Olofsson. I think, I don't think, I know that we typically, not necessarily us, but collectively, the world's we tends to focus on the negative, right? It's too easy. It's low-hanging fruit. So if you wanted to start there, you would focus on not only this past year, but even more pronounced the year before, when there were those long, long stretches of play where Victor didn't produce. Okay, well, the other part of it is, does one remember how the Sabres came out of the blocks last year? Pretty well. Right. There was optimism. Now, why was that? Because Victor scored nine times in 11 games. Yes. Like he was, he was a huge reason why this team was able from the earliest points of the year, including that five game road trip to basically thrust itself into the top five in goal scoring as a team, because they weren't just a one line team Mm -hmm. at that point in time. The challenge challenges for Victor came back as far as finding a way to have that consistency. But in the month of January, when this club was rolling before the Tate Thompson injury, Victor scored 10 times 
in 12 games. <laughs> like these are two of the most pronounced offensive goal scoring impact segments of the season. It leaves you wanting more, but it always shows you what's actually in there in the player. Well, let's also look at what happened um, two years ago when Victor missed almost a month, the month of November. He, he played his last game on Halloween on October 31st, and he scored, and then he didn't play again until November 21st, right? Mm -hmm. And he was bothered by uh, what I think, and it was never really specified, but it was an upper body. It was an arm injury. He couldn't shoot the puck as well as he wanted to, and then he went, Man, from November 21st till February 15th without scoring a goal. I mean, that is a long time, but he was he was bothered by it. And I think that stretch of goalless games that Victor had really stuck in people's mind. And then it it dictate your your evaluation of a player, your your view of a player. Well, he went two and a half months without a goal. Like uh you can't have that, but he was not healthy and he played through it. And he right. just didn't have the shot. And when he got better, he didn't have the confidence in his shot. And it it's hard to gain that in December and January when you, you don't have a lot of practice time. You're playing, you're playing, you're playing, you're playing. And then the pressure and the pressure and the pressure is on top of you. So I think that sometimes you go back too far. It doesn't matter. But going back a year ago, that, mm -hmm. that impression of what Victor left after the 2021-2022 season was still in people's mind last year. And it swayed their judgment a little bit on Victor in that sense. Well, that may be partially true. However, he has regressed under different coaches in time on ice every season. Yes. To the point where last year was his lowest, and yet he remained productive. So let's just wide brush here on his Sabre rankings this past season. Okay. This this team was this close to having five 30 goal scorers. Mm -hmm. Victor cooled off, you know, prior to the final month, which then started costing him some time in the lineup. But he was on pace to be a surefire 30 goal scorer. He ended at 28. So his rankings have him fifth on the team. We talk about this often. This is a in my opinion, a huge statistical category because when you are on the rise in it your team usually follows for years the sabers were at the bottom in shooting percentage yeah victor olison led the team in shooting percentage at 17.4 percent that is an elite number it is even the best goal scorers nowadays like ovi hovers in that 14 to 16 range right on an annual basis even strength goals Here's a guy who's identified primarily as a power play producer. Wrong. 21 goals at five on five. Yep. Best on the team. Well, even strength. That's, even that's, strength. Yeah. Yes. He has four four on four goals, I believe. But yes. True. Yes. And of course, game winning goals. In fact, over the last three years, nobody has more on this team. Mm -hmm. Him and Thompson are tied with 11. But this year alone, he had five game winners. Power play goals. Can he contribute there? Yes. Has he found the same comfort as in past years? No. Second unit, probably putting too much pressure. Maybe I'm putting words out there unnecessarily, but he still scored seven power play goals, fourth ranked on the team. Empty netters, we cherish the empty netters. He was actually not at the top of the list. Alex Tuck was. Uh, but empty netters, he had three, which ties him for second on the team. And this is interesting. 
time on ice among forwards, just under 14 and a half. Yeah. That clearly puts him in a third line role. Mm -hmm. And yet, if you were to project that usage and then go league wide among any forward who played less than 15 minutes a game, it's not even close. Victor Olofsson had so many more goals than anybody else in the NHL while playing 15 minutes or less. He had 28. Yes. The next on the list was 22. You don't find that disparity statistically very often in today's and, NHL. And let so, me build off of that. Okay. Time on ice is where I'm going to start with Victor Olsen because we are discussing Victor. It's his birthday. Absolutely. We're going to talk about him. And there's an opportunity to play higher in the lineup. When you play higher in the lineup, that means you play with better players, right? So time on ice, you just said he was seventh amongst forwards in the Sabres at 14, point, uh, 14 minutes and 21 seconds a game on average. How about this? The guys that he played with five on five this year. Okay, Casey Middlestat, the most he played with any forwards was Casey Middlestat. Now, we know that Casey is at his ups and downs, right? But Casey really found a groove at the end of the season when playing with Tuck and Skinner. But, you know, he's at his ups and downs this year. Tyson Jost was second on the list of most uh, um, um, uh, teammate on the ice with Victor Olofsson. Peyton Krebs is third. J.J. Paterka is fourth. Dylan Cousins and Rasmus Aspen. Those are the players Victor played with mm -hmm. and still produce at a very good level. Now, I'm going to say that if given an opportunity to play with better players, you probably would get a Victor Olofsson that would, would excel even more on the uh, on the five-on-five, on, five, on the score sheet, on the production. Why? Because, look, nothing against Middlestad, Jost, Krebs, and Paterka and mm -hmm. Aspen. But those are not your top six regular players here. Victor Olsen was not on the ice with Thompson and Tuck and Cousins and, and Quinn all that often. He mm -hmm. was with other players. And what also this showed me is that every player that he was on the ice with, they had a minus goals differential Correct. at five on five. The only player out of these top six that Victor Olsen had a plus in goals differential was when he played with Dylan Cousins. Again, play with better player. What mm -hmm. happens? You end up a plus player. You end up producing more. And mm -hmm. now all of a sudden people are saying, hey, look at Victor's numbers at five on five. Well, mm -hmm. yeah, but Victor's not going to drive the play. He really relies on his teammates. And when he played with Cousins, he was a better player. When he played with Krebs and Jost and Asplund, well, he wasn't. And that's to be the norm. Which, of course, then allows you to think what happens in the fall when <laughs> Jack Quinn is not there and there seems to be an opening next to Dylan Cousins that everybody assumed was going to be Yuri Kulik or insert young player name here. The fact of the matter is everybody's a year older. So while the team and its average age is going to remain young, they are, you know, They'll help offset the loss of the 40-year-old Craig Anderson by all collectively being a little older here. And, and, and Victor, still at age 28, doesn't have necessarily a normal 28-year-old's bulk of games yep. in the NHL, right? But still, 
let's let's take he played four full season and one of them yeah. was stopped by a pandemic and the other one was a shorter season because of the pandemic right and so let's try to now before we slot him in and answer your questions at sabers live on twitter as to what victor's role is let's look at his league ranks and you know this is this is again this is a player who's typically playing far fewer minutes than the other goal scorers that we're talking about his 28 goals ranked him tied for 56th if you care to go to your choice of you know stats provider we we tend to favor nhl.com here in the summertime because they are our headline maker yes. um you know but but go look Sponsor at the, of the show Sponsor go, of the go, show. go look at the names that surround him it, it, like you're obviously going to enjoy most of the names that he has found himself in that company with mm-hmm. among 20 goal scorers that shooting percentage that we talk about is so important among 20 goal scorers he was 14th in the league that's yeah. a beautiful place to be that's capitalizing on opportunities overtime goals i mean who can forget like he the the drama of that the one of his two overtime winners which is so embedded in my mind and that was the home victory against minnesota it was just such a electric saturday night crowd and uh and victor delivered and he and he's done that i mean he's so he's shown the ability whether it's overtime winners game winners um like he has a place in all of this so I think our question is multifaceted. Like what role does Victor, and I, I, I suppose that's obvious. What role does Victor have with the Sabres this season? But if, if half our audience right now is saying he doesn't have a role and he should be traded, then you could flip the question to what role does Victor Olofsson have in the NHL, right? Well, and, and, and therefore, how can other teams capitalize on this success, which is someone who is still able to paint some reasonably okay. pretty numbers offensively. Okay, so that's a great question. So if you think it's a trade bait situation, then the Sabres have to call other teams and like try to maximize the return. So when a mm-hmm. team says, hey, you know what, I'm going to give you a, a fourth round pick for Victor Olofsson. And you're like, wait a second. Like, okay, I got stats that here that tell me how good Victor Olofsson really is and how he's gotten better. Now, I love the phrase you, you've pointed or you, you've pictured Victor within the team and within the league and what his, 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 his place is and how he can go up and continue to improve. Now, what I've done is I've done the other side. I've compared Victor to Victor over the last four seasons and said, okay, like it feels like, he came in so hot, right? And he had a lot of power play goals. And 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 it feels like every year people think he's taken a step back. So if I'm Kevin Adams and a team is like, well, we, we'll give you a third round pick for Victor Olofsson. And I'm saying, no, no, no. I, look, Victor Olofsson has gotten better every year. Five on five, Victor Olofsson went from 4.2% shooting percentage at five on five with only six five on five goals to 3.1 shooting percentage at five on five with only five goals at five on five to 4.7 shooting percentage at five on five with 10 five on five goals to last year, 8.7 shooting percentage at five on five doubled what he had in a single year and 17 five on five goals. I know he had 21 even strength goals, but Uh 17 five on five goals. That is seven more than his highest total, which was last season where he didn't score a goal for two and a half months and he had a bad wrist, right? Like that's to me is how you can say, hey, he's getting better. 
in every year that Victor Olofsson played for the Sabres up until last season, he actually underperformed his expected goals at five on five. Okay. He always was a goal or two under the, the expectations. Last year, he outperformed the expectations by six and a half goals. Wow. He was supposed to only have 10 and a half goals at five on five, which would have been normal for him. Like he sure. had 10 goals a year before. Mm -hmm. And he had 17. He outperformed him by six and a half goals. And again, I go back to, he was playing with Jost and Krebs and Asplin and Middlestad. Like, so if, if you think it's straight bait, then you have to maximize your, your return. Then I'm looking at, let's compare Victor and let's do his gradual improvement from year to year. Last year was a dramatically better year shooting, scoring at five on five than any other years he's had with the Buffalo Sabres. Mm -hmm. Do you think that a player who has the experience now that he has, and we actually, we were just talking about it the other day, like the, the challenge for anybody making this roster is you, you, there, you can't be plateauing here, whether you're currently with the Sabres or the Amherst, because like we know the number of bodies that are capable, presumably of jumping in and earning a spot here. Um, like, can Victor keep ascending, even though the outside world would clearly see, well, his ice time has gone down and there has to be a reason for that. Right. So like, where's, where's the balance for Victor here mentally? Because, you know, my go-to line when it comes to Tage Thompson's success was always like, man, if Tage could just string together two or three good weeks where he fully believed in himself, he's going to take off. But it looked like it was never going to happen. It just looked like it was never going to okay, happen. Well, you know why Tage had, had so much success last year? And I know the move to center was big and that, mm -hmm. and we're going to, but the previous three seasons, the leaders in shot attempts and shots on goal from the slot were Jeff Skinner. Mm -hmm. Jeff Skinner had more shots from the slot and more shot attempts from the slot than anybody else on the team. Last season, it was Tage Thompson. Mm -hmm. Right. So Tage found a way to get to the middle of the ice and shoot more. Now, here's the point where Victor regressed last year. He was always fourth in the team, fifth in the team, sixth in the team in shots and shot attempts from the slot. Last year, he was eight. He took a dip like he went backwards a little bit. So here's the, 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 the thing with Victor. Victor, Imagine you went from 10 goals at five on five to 17 goals at five on five. You went for a 4.7 shooting percentage to an 8.7 shooting percentage, but you regress in your, your, your quality of shots. You mm -hmm. regress in the amount of shots that you took from the slot. Mm -hmm. Like that should be the, that should be the focus for Victor Olofsson. Like where it was with Tage Thompson, Tage took more shots from the slot, more shot attempts from the slot. And all of a sudden, boom, he blew up to what it is mm -hmm. like if, the, and, and a lot of it is also who you play with, who you play with as a big reason and factor and where you're getting the puck and how you're getting the puck and where you are on the ice when you're getting the puck. But haven't like you say that, but I think part of you is still putting a lot of this on Victor himself. Yeah, because, you have to you have because, to put yourself in the right position. Because yes. I distinctly recall, and I'm not sure if this one was submitted for a state Emmy Award or not, but I remember the breakdown you did one night when it might have been a day game against the Ducks. Remember like dividing the ice 
I drew the uh, the yeah the 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 house and the one third middle third third yeah. where where his shot started coming more from the middle yes. of the ice as, as opposed, opposed to to, to the right side. And it was fascinating because it, it just it painted such a clear picture like, oh, this this is almost painfully obvious. Like yeah. if he would just get here, like look at the options that open up for him. Right. I feel um, like he, but, he, he went the other direction after I pointed that out. Well, he <laughs> so, yes. And 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 even so. So going on uh, off of that tangent. um why does he not get himself maybe into some better areas, even just looking at it from a team standpoint? These these numbers might appear obvious, but he was ninth on the team in rush attempts. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's probably right. Like you don't see him busting in, you know, he doesn't he's not the guy that attacks the goal. Right. Uh, typically uh, in the speed game, like he's a thinker and. And he's he's fifteenth, and this is these are sometimes a little hard misleading, but fifteenth on the team in rebounds created. Right now, you can look at that. Interestingly, you obviously, if he's hitting the back of the net on his first attempt more often, which explains his higher shooting There's percentage, no that he's not creating any rebounds. <laughs> but to me, he's still a reluctant shooter, and I don't think he creates enough rebounds based on the fact that he has the skill to control the offense game offensive game a little more than he does. And I don't know whether that's a psychological well, thing for him. I'm curious what you think of that when I say it that way. I, I do think that Victor has a little bit of a mental block as to finding better areas to shoot the puck from. Often he's backing out of the good ice when he's receiving the puck to shoot. It's almost like he feels like I'm going to have a better angle here. Um, and I'll use like a, a golf analogy, right? Like when, you have to find the right side or the left side of the fairway, depending on where the pin is, right? Well, for Victor, there's no the pin's always in the middle of the ice. You don't have to find the right side by the wall to give you a better angle. There's It's always in the same location. Find the middle of the ice. Now, I'll say this, and this is another piece of the whole Don Coronado and, and maybe identity that the Sabres want to build. The 2021 season, the 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 fifty six game season mm-hmm. you know that was in the middle of the pandemic. Victor Olsson had forty three shots from the slot in fifty six games. Jeff Skinner led the team with fifty nine. Okay, he was only sixteen shots away from the mm-hmm. top. The difference between Olsson and Tage Thompson this year was fifty four shots. Olsson had fifty five. From the slot, Thompson had 109. Mm-hmm. Like he went from being 16 shots away from the leader to now 54 shots away from the leader from the slot. That's nope. where that's where he has to get inside more. That's yes. where he's gonna make his his money. That's where he's gonna help the team. And his agent would say, "Well, if he was on the ice more, then that gap would be significant." Or he was closer. gonna say, "If he was with better player, then right. he would get the puck better." But right, but you have yeah. to earn it too. And you have so, to, but he has an opportunity now. Which is exactly what we're going to dive into because the responses are free flowing to our question. What role does Victor Olison have with the Sabres this and year? And I have my biggest complaint about Victor Olison that I, the negative side of Victor Olison that I haven't even gotten close to. And that to me, when we come back, Duffer, I will go in details in that. That will be the one single most uh, obvious reasons if Victor gets there or doesn't get there. 
All right. Just remember, it's his birthday, okay? Be nice. I'm giving him free advice on his birthday. There's a birthday <laughs> gift for you, Victor. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> giving something for free on one's birthday. That is fantastic. Well, you know what? Victor, back in the day, came from being a seventh-round selection and worked his way through events like Prospects Challenge. And obviously, Lecom Harbor Center has become the home for such an annual event every September. And this year, the Prospects Challenge will feature six teams competing in a round-robin challenge um, featuring prospects from Buffalo, Boston, Montreal, New Jersey, Ottawa, and Pittsburgh. Tickets will go on sale in August. Sabres season ticket members will have priority access to the tickets at a preferred rate. And the Prospects Challenge is going to be taking place the same weekend. As Sabres Fan Fest, so you can come down to Alumni Plaza on September 16th and enjoy the day. More on the Olofsson story, his role with the Sabres this year, and your input on that very subject. Happy birthday, Victor. His 28th. We're back after this. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We're back with more of Sabres Live. Presented by Seneca Resorts and Casinos. Nothing else comes close. Victor Olofsson was a 30-goal scorer in his one and only season with the Rochester Americans. He knocked on that door last year, came up with 28, despite being scratched a few times down the stretch and ending with 75 games played. We're talking Victor today based on the fact that uh, his place amongst the top 12 or his departure from the top 12 will ultimately be a big story for this team. Uh, It's his 28th birthday. We're diving in on Victor and taking your input just as to what his role is, in fact, on this team. Balloons (laughs) again. Balloons are good. Well, the balloon, this this go around was for the free advice he's receiving on his birthday. That's a nice gesture on your part. But Be ready with the balloons because I got lots of advice to turn the bad side into. Like poke, yeah, you got your pin ready to pop some of those. But look, we're not surprised. when we posed the question, what role does Victor Olofsson have with the Sabres this year? The first answer was trade bait. Yes. Um, but there's more most, to it than that. Most of the answer is about trade them. Trade yeah, on a I, different I, team, trade bait, all of that. Something, similar role, middle six, um, and, and that's understandable. Again, he had two stretches last year, nine goals in 11 games, 10 goals in 12 games. That's more than two-thirds of his goal total happening over basically a 22-game, 23-game yes. window. Um, so yeah, like a lot of goal scorers, he is streaky being swapped out here for, you know, a second, third, fourth, fifth round pick that seems to be on the minds of many also, but why this conversation is interesting, more interesting to me is because of the Quinn injury, the expiring contract for Victor and when might be the right time to do a deal if you feel inclined to do a deal. Victor has proven to have hot starts. Is there any way he can still maximize a trade return here? Because 
you could see this unfolding from a team standpoint, right? Quinn's out, put Victor in. You know Quinn's coming back, and if Quinn doesn't come back the exact same way, you've still got your other long list here of prospects that we talk about on a daily, daily basis, right? So, How, what, how do you view what, all this? What if the plan for the Sabres, and, and because of the Jack Quinn injury, is to say, let's give Victor Olsen all the good ice, all mm-hmm. the opportunities he can. He's a UFA at the end of the season, and if he performs extremely well, He's not a player that we would retain as a $7 million player or $6 million player. Like, you know, we could turn him in January or February or at the trade deadline and replace him with a young player that now has a half a season of experience that can fill into these shoes, right? So mm-hmm. maybe this plan suits the Sabres better because now that the draft is done and now that we're in summertime and because of the Jack Quinn injury, I don't really see the Sabres trading Victor Olofsson now, not knowing what do you really have at the NHL level from Yuri Kulik or Lucas Rusek or Linus Weisbach or Matt Savoy. Like maybe they come into camp and they light it up. If they do, great. Okay, so now maybe you call other teams at training camp and you say, hey, we have Victor Olofsson. You know, we'd like to see if the, the, the value matches the offer, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and if it doesn't, you sit on it. But if Kulik, Savoy, Roseanne, Weisbach, Rusek, Byro, whatever, if the Murray, those guys don't come in and don't earn a spot, mm-hmm. then you better have somebody that can score 25, 28 goals on a bad year. People think Victor Olsen had a bad year. He scored 28, yeah. right? So you got to have NHL players that can score. So then you have to be patient. I don't see Victor Olsen being here long-term. And when I say long-term, I'm saying in three years from down the road, when the Sabres are like, we want to win cups, multiple cups. We want to go to the finals every year. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't see Victor being part of that that picture, but that doesn't mean he's not a part of the picture right now. If you went into this summer thinking that Victor Olofsson was going to be traded, which I'm sure you did before the Quinn injury, yeah. what did you think was going to be the return? Oh, well, it's a 28 goal score again, like I said, and you can pull every team as their analytics department and they can Mm -hmm. look at the numbers and say, oh, well, he performed pretty good. His shooting percentage at five on five was second on the the Sabres, right? Uh, Behind Dylan Cousins, by the way. Dylan Cousins Mm -hmm. was first at shooting percentage five on five. Um, His improvement, he went from 10 even five on five goals to 17 goals. Look at who he played with. I wouldn't be surprised if you got a, I would say average return would be a third round pick. A good Mm -hmm. return would probably be a second round pick. Anything fourth round pick would be like the Sabres have given up on Victor Olsen. Okay. So this is how the game works. We talk about it all the time now. There's not going to be room for everybody, right? There's so, so if you're objectively looking at it, he was a seventh round pick. He came over and scored 30 in Rochester, which earned him the jump up and then delivered however you want to view it. But he delivered four seasons in the NHL. And if you move him, if you move a seventh for a third or a fourth, like you just have to move on from it, right? Like it's not, I don't think anybody can sit here and look at it as a, like some sort of abject failure, right? Like it's, it's not, it's not. But I did tease before the break what area 
is going to be significant to Victor earning a spot in Jack Quinn's place or mm -hmm. not. And I compare Victor Olofsson to Jeff Skinner a lot. Like right. you can look at the numbers, you can look at the scoring ability from not, not, they're not the same type of scorers. Jeff Skinner is much more from around the net garbage goals. Victor has got the wrist shot from a little further out. Uh, Victor is a one-timer uh, on the power play type threat. Skinner is not deflection rebounds, all that. But I look at the type of players that they are. They're very offensive minded players. Production is going to be a big part of their value on a team, right? We, it, the type of players that they have as teammates on the ice is going to dictate what kind of, success they may have they don't mm. drive a line victor doesn't drive a line jeff skinner is not going to drive a line but you know you play jeff skinner with um krebs and asplin well you're probably going to get victor olifson numbers or maybe even less right like jeff skinner needs talking thompson and we saw that mm -hmm. but the biggest difference between the two of them is in an area that it's very easy to when you watch the game to notice you don't have to have numbers to notice even though the numbers will back it up. Mm -hmm. But how often does Victor Olofsson go in the corner and win a puck battle? How often does he win a loose puck on the wall? How often does he get to a rebound in the offensive zone? How often does he win a puck battle on his wall in the defensive zone, right? So you watch that and you almost to instantly think he's not working hard. You almost instantly think, well, he's afraid of body contact. Or he's a little skittish. She doesn't want to get involved, right? And that doesn't bode well for anybody watching the game. But so I pulled the numbers on Sports Logic this morning on loose puck recoveries, right? And I compared Jeff Skinner to Victor Olofsson. And what I'm seeing out of Jeff Skinner is over the last two years, he's a dog on a bone. When there's a puck in the corner, he goes and he wins the battle. Now, maybe not as much in the defensive zone, but okay. Like Jeff has got his thing, but in the offensive zone, that's where he makes his money, right? So in loose puck recovery in the offensive zone on the Sabres last year, Jeff Skinner, fourth, fourth on the Sabres. That's also included defensemen. So there's guys like Dallin that are really good at getting down sure. the wall and getting pucks and power yeah. and all of that. Victor Olofsson was 18th, 18th on the Sabres. Two years ago, Victor Olofsson was 26. You're going to say there's not even 26 players on the roster. Well, they mm -hmm. use a lot of players. Victor Olofsson was 26th on the Sabres two years ago in loose puck recoveries in the offensive zone. Like, you want to show the team you want that spot? That is the place where you have to. Because coaches, scouts, fans, us, we're going to see it. We don't need numbers at the end of the night and say, well, did Victor win lose bucks in the offensive zone tonight? No, you see those moments. You see the dedication. You see the, the hard work, right? Jeff Skinner, as much as sometimes he's a pain in the neck, he's a little weasel. He goes and gets those pucks and he works hard at getting those pucks in the corners. Victor doesn't. That's the single most impactful, like in a, in a negative way of Victor mm -hmm. Olofsson's game is the loose puck recoveries, especially in the offensive zone. Now, you know that you're never going to have a team full of the same type of players when it comes to categories like that, but I was also 100% convinced you were going to say he needs to imitate him, Olafson of Skinner, because imitation is the most sincere form of flattery, which I know is a phrase that rolls right off your tongue. 
No, it's not. I was trying to tell my girls about it the other day. I said, imitation is like uh, when people really appreciate who you are. And it didn't, it, the, the phrase did not come out like you just said, the more sincere form of flattery. <laughs> These words did not connect in my brain the way they were supposed to. <laughs> well, I will say this, though. Um, this is Victor Olison's day for us to discuss and project and imagine what it might look like here in uh, September when the preseason rolls around. But we are, you know, kind of, we're at the back end, obviously, of the very successful Give 716 Day and the total of $1.1 million raised. Yes. When I just wanted, this is something we haven't talked about at all. You were out there in the community a lot before this. And I want to know how RJ is doing. You spent time with RJ on Sunday, didn't you? RJ is doing good. Um, You know what? He, uh, he He's had a... A, a tough summer, um, you know, so he's had a couple of uh, things that, uh, you know, obviously kind of set him back a little bit, but he's back up and running and he is in great spirits. And um, it was me, Brad May and, uh, and Rick Generate that we did a, a autograph signing um, and it was uh, it was great to see him. And uh, he's about as witty as he always is. Um, you know, I made a couple of comments about a couple of games that I was like, Oh, I was a star in that game. And RJ goes, I made you a star. Like, (laughs) (laughs) so, uh, but it was awesome to see him. The fans coming in though, to get autographs. um, And they have pictures and they have stories. And they're like, I remember in 1983, that goal and RJ's like, Oh yeah. Remember that. And and it is just, it's always great to see reg generate. He's uh, he's a legend and he's the goat. That's for sure. Yeah. And uh, Maisie, literally came and went in a way only he could at the draft room. Oh, <laughs> and that was climbing through a very small, uh, well, how, I don't even know a small opening in the tabletop, you know, that overlook uh, the sidewalk there on yes. cobblestone. And well, he uh, came in from like across the street and then I thought, just jump over the bar, like the doors, the big garage doors are open. And he went around the other way. And somehow I looked at, it looked like, you know, when you, you're driving in my neck of the wood in East Aurora and you're like, there's, there's wooden fence everywhere. Yeah. And then there's deers that are crossing the road. The mama deer jumps the fence and then the baby deers try to find a way through the fence and they don't know. And they don't know where to put their legs. That's what made they look like. He looked like a baby deer trying to get through the fence. He was noticeable on the way in and the way out. And we appreciated his appearance among all the other Sabre alumni. And this current group is garnering an awful lot of attention. We talk about them every day. We want you to be in the arena to see them this year. Got 22 game plans as part of the half season plans available now. Choose between the Royal and Gold plan. Become a half season member and receive access to exclusive events, savings on box office prices, Sabre store and more. Visit sabres.com slash memberships to learn more one word responses marty's wheelhouse nope. that's next on sabers live we're back with more of sabers live presented by seneca resorts and casinos nothing else comes close 1.1 million raised during give 716 and one unforgettable kickoff challenge field goal challenge between yes. hockey guy Hockey guy. Marty Veron. An emergency kicker. Emergency backup kicker. Dude, this, I knew that this had happened 
And when I saw this roll out on social yesterday, I swear, Marty, it's one of the funniest things I have seen in so long. Your reaction when you actually put it through was so, so natural and so childlike. Think, it was amazing. People think that this is all like we kick like 25 of them and it's all set. So it was the last kick. And, and the script was intended for Steve to probably win. So we had two football. One was a regular football, a little softer, and one was a K-ball, like the kicking ball. It's as hard as a rock. And for the last kick, we didn't feel like going to get the regular ball. And plus, I'm supposed to maybe miss it. So I we used the K-ball. And I kicked that thing, and it literally was a rock. It hurt my foot. And it hit the crossbar and just made it in. And I, like... I'm like, we have to celebrate this. Like, I'm the winner here. Like, I should be celebrated. But it was, we had a lot of fun. Steve actually, like, just missed the one by very, very little. And it would have been good from 50, 45 yards. Mine were just getting over. Like, not a lot. Steve had the bigger leg. I just ended up with the better kick. The use of the word better is really hard to use there because it's <laughs> <laughs> anyway, if you've missed it, please check it out on our social. One word time. Uh, Ross Colton, four years times four for the Avs. Uh, it's a little of money, but obviously uh, he's going to have to play a big role. So I think they're looking at the opportunity and hope that he fills in a $4 million player. And one last word on Give 716. Generosity. I'm going to leave it at that. That's the first time I get a one word right. Just one word. <laughs> Thank you is hyphenated. I'll use that as well. Yes. We'll see you tomorrow on Sabres Live, WGR and MSG.